I was a uh, practicing clinician working in a home health agency model. I wasn't allowed to dose my patients as per best practice guidelines. So I said, there's gotta be a way to do this better. My, my grandmother and my grandfather, I started seeing them going in and out of long-term care. It started personal seeing the sick side of 80 and now it's been exciting to be part of Fox. Light bulb moment, like that's a complete game changer. You can see what we can do as a practice and as treating clinicians to really make 80, 85 look so much different than it did back that long ago. And boil it down into one say, it's quite simply this, it's be stronger, live better longer. Hello everybody, welcome to Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast, the podcast focused on clinicians who work with older adults. My name is Jim Shear and today I am joined by Lucas Stark, <laughs> occupational therapist extraordinaire with Fox Rehabilitation and physical therapist Janelle Murphy. Both of you treat older adult patients in the Chicago area. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Did you know that this is the first ever episode of the Live Better Longer podcast where we are doing it in person? I did not know that. You, but I feel you are honored. making history. Yes, you're making history today. <laughs> Although the way the room is configured, I have to look at you through a mirror. But I, no, I, I'm looking at you right now, now looking at you through the mirror. We'll find a happy medium as this goes along. But the reason we have Lucas here today is because we are celebrating OT month, and we brought a PT along to celebrate an OT, right? I feel like, you know, the PTs, I feel like maybe they get the most shine. I've said that before on this podcast. So I think it's nice that we have a, a PT celebrating an OT. So Janelle, say something nice about your OT counterpart. Yeah. So <laughs> as a physical therapist, I appreciate so much what our occupational therapists do. Um, I could never do what you guys do in terms of activities of daily living, you know, helping people make sure they're safe, safe in the shower, in the bathroom. So you guys really, really help our patients be able to live a functional life safely yeah. yeah so thank you thank you now janelle said that she was thinking of becoming an ot for a second i was yeah you're correct jim um so yeah i i was accepted into a physical therapy program and i i was thinking about switching to ot the reason why i chose to become a physical therapist is honestly like i really like the mechanics of gait of ambulation, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of nerdy to say, but <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. Um, and so, yeah, I just really stuck with uh, physical therapy. Now, Lucas, happy OT month. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. We're celebrating occupational therapists all month long. Why did you choose to become an OT? And when, when did you choose to become an OT? Yeah, so I didn't decide to become an OT until sophomore year of college. Um, I knew I wanted to do something in healthcare. Okay. I had worked in healthcare since I was in high school. Um, and for the longest time, I wanted to be a dentist. And I just remember every time I'd mention wanting to be a dentist, I would hear my grandma say, why would anybody want to be a dentist? <laughs> and so finally, I just thought, okay, maybe I don't want to be a dentist. <laughs> and... Uh, it was you were discouraged. Were you discouraged by your grandmother? I was a little just like, okay, maybe there's something <laughs> wrong with becoming a dentist. I don't know. But I finally just, it was sophomore year in college and I still didn't have a major. 
And I just remember one night I was in my dorm room and I was looking up like (laughs) different careers and I stumbled across occupational therapy and I had never heard of occupational therapy. Well, now, how did you stumble across it? Were you online? Yeah, I was just online browsing and different career options. And, you know, I had heard of physical therapy. I had heard of other types of therapy, but I never heard of occupational therapy. So I clicked the link and started to read a little bit about it. And it kind of incorporated everything that I was interested in. I mean, I I liked science. I liked art and creativity. Um, I liked being able to work with people and it just kind of pulled together everything that I was kind of looking for in a career. And my school at the time didn't offer that career. I mean, it sounds a little naive, but I thought like going to any college, you just could pick any career. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, wait a second. So I actually had to transfer schools at the time because my school didn't offer the program. And I think my parents were probably like, I really hope he's going to pursue this major. Um, But I transferred schools and... You could have just blamed it on your grandmother. I should have. I should (laughs) have. I wanted to be a dentist. She said I shouldn't be a dentist. That's why I'm an OT. Uh, Overcomplicating everything. (laughs) Yeah. So I transferred schools and then... I started to work towards the occupational therapy program and they changed the program to a master's program. So I felt like I was kind of back at square one and needing to have some sort of bachelor's degree now again. Um, So I felt a little bit stuck with what to do. But at the time, my school offered what they called the dual degree program where... Wait, the school you were currently at or the school you transferred to? The school I transferred to. Okay, I got it. They... If you majored in psychology, a lot of the psychology courses overlapped with the occupational therapy program courses. Okay. And you could essentially cut off a year of school. So I thought, why not? <laughs> um, so I majored in psychology. Um, I got into the OT program and I actually completed my bachelor's while I was in the midst of completing my master's for OT. Wow. So when you were first looking at all the different disciplines like physical therapy, speech language pathology, occupational therapy. Why did you choose occupational therapy? Like what was it about that discipline? I think I saw a lot of creativity within the position within occupational therapy. So I felt like I could tap into people's like leisure activities um, and things that they really enjoyed doing and to me, it just felt like I had a little bit more wiggle room with what I'd be able to do with my patients. And I liked that. I liked that I could do different things and I could cook with a patient if I wanted to, or if I wanted to work with somebody in pediatrics, I could work on writing their name or painting. And it just, there was so much variety within the profession that that's kind of what drew me to it. Janelle, yeah, I was going to say, Janelle just leaned into the microphone. (laughs) I always say I'm jealous of occupational therapists because you guys get to do all the fun things during the session. So usually patients (laughs) like you guys more because physical therapists make make people exercise more. So So my next question, Lucas, is with Fox Rehabilitation, we treat older adult patients. So then how did you become interested in working with older adults? I started working in a nursing home when I was in high school and just kind of developed a passion for them. Like I found them to be, you know, 
funny at times. Uh, they'd offer good advice at times. I kind of got a kick out of those. That would be crabby. Um, <laughs> and even to this day, when I get that patient who's kind of, you know, sarcastic or grouchy or whatever, I, I still kind of get a kick out of working with those people and i enjoy the challenge it's yeah that's fun. what i was gonna say do you enjoy that challenge like i'm going to win you over at some point i do and i have <laughs> i feel like you have to be able to laugh about it and find humor in it yeah you know um yeah and just trying to get through to some of those people who are a little bit more difficult and challenging can be really rewarding so then you get out of school did you begin working with older adults immediately so I had to do two or three month long clinicals. And my first one was actually in brain injury and coma recovery. And I absolutely loved it. It was pretty incredible because you could see some people that really made a miraculous recovery. And then it was it had its hard times at points, too, because there were people that you just they did not recover. Um, one was younger than myself at the time, even. So it was sad to see those kinds of situations. But it was a very interesting experience. And then my second rotation was actually in the school system. And I just remember the first week thinking, this is going to be like the longest 12 weeks of my life. <laughs> I had kids like spitting on me. Um, it, it just, it was not good. But actually after that first week, the next 11 weeks, I really ended up enjoying it. Okay. Um, but I still was drawn more towards the geriatric population. So I actually, I was living in Milwaukee at the time. That's where I'm from. And I wanted to get out of the Midwest. So I was doing a lot of phone interviews um, with different places throughout the country. And I actually took a job out in Phoenix, Arizona. And I ended up working in a subacute center for about nine months and it just wasn't the right fit for me at the time and then i discovered this acute inpatient rehab facility out in glendale arizona and i started working there and i worked there for about four and a half years and i absolutely loved it i had exposure to like every different kind of diagnosis i was around so many different pts ot's speech therapists and for a new grad it was an awesome way for me to just like learn different things and, you know, bounce ideas off of other professionals. So I was really fortunate in that respect, but I, I got homesick and I moved back to the Midwest. Yeah, that was my next question. Like you went out to Arizona. We know we, we said that at the beginning you treat in Chicago. So you just got homesick. I got homesick. All yep. right. Yep. And at the time, I could not find anything in the Milwaukee area. The job market was just saturated at the time. And so the next closest place was Chicago. And I started looking. And it was crazy because there was a lot of openings at the time in Chicago. So I thought, well, I'll move to Chicago. And I moved to Chicago. And I started working in skilled nursing. And I worked there for probably about three years. And then I started working in um, assisted living, senior living communities. And then came across Fox a few years later. Yeah, how did you hear of Fox? I'm always interested, was it a flyer? Did you know someone? Did you see the logo? I actually heard about Fox through the building that I was currently working at at the time. Um, it was for another rehab company, but the nurse director actually asked me if I had ever heard of Fox Rehab. And I looked them up and I found out that they were going to be 
entering Illinois. And I actually got in touch with my current director, Jason Mattioli, through the nursing director at the building I was working at. We just kind of started talking about Fox and I interviewed and it just, from there, it just seemed like the perfect fit for me. And I went, I went with it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So now it's OT month. What will you do to celebrate? So what gets me is uh, during PT month, which is in the month of October, I spoke to a lot of clinicians and I was like, hey, like it's PT month. What are you doing? They're like, "Uh, nothing. I'm like, you should do something like this month is dedicated to your discipline. So will you be celebrating OT month? In some type of manner? In some type of manner, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I always like to celebrate all of the clinicians, PT, OT, or speech. But being an OT myself, I I always feel too, like, you know, we're a little bit overshadowed by the PTs at times. Um, patients, I can't tell you how many times have, or even families or even doctors sometimes will even come be like, what's occupational therapy? You know, they think I'm going to find them a new career, you know, or something. (laughs) Or, you know, they, I've even had people say like, oh, I don't enjoy that putting those little pegs in holes type things. Um, And I've had to re-educate, you know, or provide new education throughout the years on the role of OT. So, I mean, I think I'm going to celebrate by just doing something for the OTs on my team. I haven't come up with that yet, but my OT mind is I'll find something no, cr- yeah, yeah, creative. Of course, no, of course. You're very creative. You'll you'll find something fun to do. Yeah. So it's also around this time that young clinicians are getting out of school and they're getting ready for their boards. So we've got two established clinicians here, Lucas and Janelle. So if we have one of those students listening today, what advice could you give them? I... <laughs> waited three months after completing my like my internships before taking the boards so I actually started working right away on a temp license and then took my boards thinking oh I'll have all this time to study and kind of prep for the boards not true (laughs) I did not spend much time studying at all during that time I, I was so consumed with work and you know living in Arizona a new life and I was done with school. I didn't want to study anymore. So I think I would have, if I could have gone back, I would have probably just taken my boards right away, gotten them over with. Everything's kind of fresh in my mind. And so when you say right away, so school ends, what, like early May, when is the quickest you could take the boards? As soon as you're done with your clinicals. Which would be around like what time? Um, Mine would have been like right around December. So you get out of school, you do your clinicals, and then the earliest you could take the boards is December. For my school, yep. So while you're doing the clinicals, are you also studying for the boards? Yeah, and that's another thing. You're supposed to kind of try to study while you're doing your clinicals, but your clinicals are, you know, eight hours, sometimes more a day. So that's time-consuming, yeah. And then depending on if your clinicals, like, they want a project out of you, you might be working on your project, and it's it's hard to find time to study for these things. Um, so I just recommend just doing it as soon as you can and get it out of the way. Janelle's nodding her head. 
Yeah. You agree with this? I do. So for me, when I graduated physical therapy school, I took the boards about a month after I graduated. And I would say my biggest piece of advice is to take it day by day and subject by subject, because when you look at all the material that you need to know for the boards, it gets very, very overwhelming. So I actually developed like a study schedule and just tackled each subject, you know, different subjects each day. And then by the time the boards come, you've reviewed everything. I feel like you could create your own curriculum. Like that sounds, (laughs) that sounds like a, a marathon schedule that people look up online. Like you run, you know, X amount of miles this day, you have your long run on Saturday. You, sh- you should develop that. <laughs> and then I, I was also going to say for those students who are still in undergrad who are thinking about going into a therapy profession, I would say my biggest thing is get out there and shadow, 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 shadow. Physical therapy, I mean, there's so many different settings that you can go into and they're all so different. So my biggest advice is just to get out there in the clinic and shadow as much as you can. And then do you have any advice on a clinician looking for that first job? I would say definitely look for a mentorship program. Um, Now, there's a lot of companies that advertise that they have that, right, that you get a mentor, but ask ask what the program is. Because a lot of companies out there, they just hand you a mentor and it is kind of what you make out of it. Whereas like here at Fox Rehab, um, it's a very, very detailed program for six months. And there is kind of like a curriculum, like you were saying, Jim, on different, you know, subjects that you guys review on a weekly basis. So I would definitely say look for a mentorship. Lucas, you agree? I would have to say I had the same answer as Janelle. Um, <laughs> my, I think part of the reason I didn't necessarily like my very first job right out of school is I didn't have uh, like a mentorship and I was the only OT really in my setting at the time. So it was really hard for me if I had questions or if I didn't know how to approach a certain situation. And so I agree, like, I feel like a lot of places don't necessarily offer that support. And if you're alone out there, and you have nobody to kind of bounce your ideas off of or go to for advice or help, uh, it can be a real struggle. And um, it can just lead to, you know, a lot of frustrations. So when you're looking for that first job, don't dive directly into the deep end with no assistance, life preserver, or help. Absolutely. All right. Yes. There you go. Expert advice from Lucas Stark and Janelle Murphy with Fox Rehabilitation. Can we do one more segment? I want to talk about an art piece that Janelle, not too long ago, created for Lucas. And it involves 9,000 pieces of crystal. Well, we'll talk about that next right here on Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast. Oh, yes. Season two of Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast is underway. And all month long, we will be celebrating occupational therapy. Speaking of which, calling upon all OTs like Lucas and PTs like Janelle, you can get LSVT certified April 22nd through the 23rd. This is for LSVT Big. The LSVT Big training and certification course online or live teaches physical and occupational therapy professionals 
assistants, and students in evidence-based intensive treatment program for people with Parkinson's disease with application to other neurological conditions. So if you would like to sign up for LSVT Big, go to the following website, lsvtglobal.com, and while you're there, click on the link, Get LSVT Certified. Once again, LSVT Big, happening April 22nd through April 23rd. We are back on Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast. I am chatting with OT extraordinaire Lucas Stark, celebrating Occupational Therapy Month. And physical therapist, giving some shine to an OT on this episode, Janelle Murphy. So, Janelle, I recently saw a picture of a picture of Lucas's dog, Elton. And it's so cool. It's like three-dimensional or it's, it's made with crystals. And then I was speaking with you about it. And you said it's 9,000 pieces of crystal? That's correct. Can you can you break this down? Now, this was a, a holiday gift? Yes, it was a holiday gift. Um, so a couple years ago, Lucas actually made myself my very own Barbie. Um, oh, my goodness, right? <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> Custom made. Um, so I just wanted to return the favor to him. And I know that he loves his dog so much and loves art and sparkle. Um, so I, it's called Diamond Art is what it's called. So I made a picture of his dog, Elton. So wait, how does it work? You send away a picture? Yep. So you just download a picture um, of anything. And I guess there's, you know, like a program out there that prints the picture on sticky paper and it's all coded. So each color has a certain symbol that you put the, di- so is the it crystal like, on. Do you remember Light Bright? Yeah. Is it kind of like light bright? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Yep. And then it just um, it comes with the tool that you stick the diamond in, and then you stick it on the paper. It's very, very uh, monotonous. But (laughs) because when you when you first told me about it, I'm like, oh, like it's pre made. But then you're like, no, I had to put like each little crystal on the paper, and I'm like, and I said, how many crystals? And you said nine thousand. Yes. Did you ever like? bumped the table and <laughs> sent the crystals flying? Well, actually, I didn't. But when my dad was visiting, um, I had all the crystals set in like a little tray. <sighs> and he picked it up thinking it was some sort of like candy. No. <laughs> and the crystals went like flying everywhere. So they come with extra, though. So, okay. So it was all good. All right. Yeah. And do you have this displayed anywhere, Lucas? So right now it's just sitting on our mantle um, because we actually don't have pictures hanging anywhere in our house yet, but it's on our mantle so I can see it every day, all the time when I'm watching TV, sitting on my couch. We'll post it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll post this on our social media channel. You'll you'll see the picture that Janelle created for Lucas. And if you want to see Lucas's dog, I think your dog made like a brief cameo in one of our webinars. He did. It's on Instagram, right? Yeah, the Complete OT Series 3. Yeah, Complete OT Part 3, we see um, Elton, Lucas's dog, and that's on our Instagram feed. Yep. So thank you for doing this. First ever Live Better Longer podcast in person. If anyone's wondering, I'm not looking through the mirror anymore. I'm looking directly at Lucas and Janelle. Happy OT month. Thank you. Do it upright. So uh, for Lucas Stark and Janelle Murphy, my name is Jim Shear, and we will see Yins later.